Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I'm here with filmmaker Joe Cornett. We're going to be talking about Night of the Caregiver, which is available to watch now on uh, limited platforms. You can probably catch it on Amazon. Uh, on In September, you'll be able to catch it maybe on a wider net of streaming services but you can watch it now and i recommend you do because it's incredibly good directed by joe it's written by craig hammond mm-hmm. and alexander is one of the producers we're sorry that he couldn't be here um it stars natalie denise Sperry, the horror i which by the way that was an incredible grab eileen deets and the man of a thousand films eric roberts himself mm-hmm. i see him in everything and i don't say that in a bad way I love to see his face on the screen, and he was really, really good in this film. You Are Known, A Prayer for the Damned, Incident at Guilt Ridge. Those are kind of Western adventures, which is a vast departure to this film. I wanted to ask, why a horror film? Why a horror film like this? And also, why do you hate Little Old Ladies so much? (laughs) Well, I don't hate Little Old Ladies, but uh, in fact, I rather liked uh, that kindly lady even though she turns a different way. But uh, the way this came to me was um, uh, Alexander Nevsky and and, uh, myself had just completed a Western called Gunfight at Rio Bravo, which is now, it's been out for six or seven months and you could find it everywhere. And uh, when we finished... Several months later, we were having a, one of our regular weekly strategy meetings, and he asked me, how would you feel about directing a horror film? And I said, well, um, I'd be interested, but with one caveat, uh, are there zombies in it? And, and he said, he said, no, why? And I said, well, I, I said, I love zombies. I've played a zombie once, but I don't feel that I have anything more to add to zombie world. You know, and he goes, well, don't worry. It's a, it's a very, it's a tale about, uh, it's a psychological tale uh, with, with um, the paranormal superstition and a touch of Satanism. And he said, uh, and I would like you to approach it from the from the vantage point of somebody like Dario Argento. And I said, okay. (laughs) Uh, And I read the script, which as you said, was by Craig Hammond. And it just grabbed me right away. And it was so different um, than a a lot of horror films I've seen or read the scripts on. And um, I, I, I was intrigued and I was intrigued just for the challenge of you know, could I do this? Because I, I was known as the Western guy, you know. And we had a marvelous crew, marvelous cast, a great location, a great art director, and everything just came together almost instantly. And about a month later, we were shooting. And here we are today. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And even even Dario worked with, you know, Sergio Leone at one point. So it's not completely unthinkable for, no. you know, Western uh, director to get into horror. And I love, yes, zombies are probably my favorite horror 
concept. I don't want to say trope, but that's like my, I love The Walking Dead. I've seen all, almost all of the uh, side things that they've done, uh, you know, um, Romero, all of them. But I love that you're like, oh, maybe not. But the fact that you were cognizant enough and, and, you know, self-reflective enough to be like, I don't think that I can do anything new to this. I mean, who's going to say that? No, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally do it because, you know, they want to do the job. They want to make the film. Mm-hmm. And you were like humble, I guess, to me. Well, I, I, I know my, to, you know, to borrow a phrase from Clint Eastwood, a man's got to know his limitations. There you go. There you go. And, okay. I, and, I, and I know mine, you know. I mean, we could go off on a tangent on how some people don't. But yeah, no, I, I think that that was smart of you. And being upfront about it and being smart about it made a good film that people can enjoy. Uh, you mentioned the, the set, you know, set design, the makeup, the special effects. The makeup in this film is creepy. And that's a compliment. It's really, really well done. I mean, there's, oh, I, met, I forgot to mention, you all, you are in this film. You play uh, Detective mm-hmm. Roman Carton. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, there's a moment when you have an interaction and there are like makeup special effects on you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank to you. Involved, you know? Thank you. Yeah, we had a terrific makeup team on this. And that that demon was completely created by our makeup team. I mean, with some degree of input from Alexander and myself, but they did such a great job on it. And um, that thing was terrifying to be around in the same room. (laughs) Yeah, it it was. And she's a very beautiful woman that it was um, that that played that thing in real life. And to see her under these layers, (laughs) she really was frightening to be around. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? You see her at the makeup table. It's like, hi. (laughs) Yeah. The thing, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but what caught my attention in the makeup is it's somehow a hollowed out face, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, you yeah. know, and it's bony and yeah. it's like skeletal, like the skin just stretched over bones. You have to actually like build up the face and then it's like makeup artistry is just incredible in film. It, it is. And I'm, we're lucky to have the the best to work with. I think, um, for what we do. Absolutely. Well, Alexander, he had worked with uh, Eric Roberts prior. Is that how he came on board, or did you make him go through the whole? Yes, he, uh, he, he had worked uh, with Eric Roberts uh, a few years back, and, and they, they, were, they had known each other for quite a while. And his name came up almost out of the blue. I mean, we were, we were, casting at the time and we had already I, I had the idea if we could get Eileen Dietz then then we have a, a straight shot to Pazuzu of the Exorcist and yeah. the whole Exorcist Billy Friedkin thing. So we we got we we got Eileen very early on um and I'm thrilled to 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 do that. Uh Eric uh when his name came up and I thought, could we possibly get him for the guy that runs the, the paranormal Institute? 
And he says, well, I'll call him, see what he said. He said yes, almost right away after reading the script. And he was so great to work with. What a, the, the second he shows up, he's in control. He's calm. He's respectful. He's funny. And he's just a nice guy to work with. I've spoken to filmmakers that have worked with him and they said, you know, consummate professional, but also kind of like the uncle on set. You have a problem, you know, he'll, he'll try to solve it. Kind of oh, yeah. keep, uh, keep morale up. So yeah. How wonderful to have someone like that on set. Yeah. He was great to work with. What a thrill. Absolutely. And uh, come on, Eileen Dietz. If you look at her IMDb, your mm -hmm. mind is blown. She's been on probably anything that you've possibly ever seen. She's there. Mm -hmm. She's a horror icon. She's a soap opera icon. Sure. I mean, and she's so beautiful and sweet as Lillian. Uh, knowing what we know, it's just such a a crazy contrast. But she's so good. Yeah, Incredible. and she wrote a hell of a good book too, called "Exercising My Demons." I usually have a copy of it here on my desk, but uh, I think it's in the other room. But she wrote a really compelling book about, you know, her journey in the acting world. And, uh, and it's a good book. I suggest uh, you, you can, you can order it, I think, directly through her. Um, okay. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, now that you've dipped your toes into horror, mm -hmm. are you, are you addicted now? Is this, is your next project going to be bloody and scary and spooky ooky? Well, uh, I, I haven't uh, figured out what's next on the slate. We have the sequel to Gunfight at Rio Bravo, taken from Rio Bravo, which will be released a couple of months down the road, probably early in the new year. And uh, so we have that coming up. But I would be absolutely thrilled if we took a return to the horror genre. I've always loved it because I've always... my My big horror movies have been in no particular order. I'm just going to throw them out there. Um, Rosemary's Baby, The Haunting, the original, um, The Omen, The Exorcist, The Thing, and certainly The Shining. Absolutely. And certainly, you know, almost every movie that Dario Argento made. That's that's my brand of horror. You talk about something you know, like you 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 love zombies, and I like zombies too. And I like the other, you know, I like Friday the Thirteenth. I like Halloween. John Carpenter is fantastic, um, but those movies really affected me, and I took a lot from those movies. Something, something about possession, something about losing control of your own self is yeah. terrible. So I can see why you'd be drawn to that. And even, even the shining, uh, you know, Jack wasn't in control of himself. You could say you best by the hotel. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of my favorite, favorite King stories. And okay. people go back and forth about Kubrick's version. And, you know, is it cool to hate on it? And I'm just like, I'm that person that if I read the book and see the film, I'm at least mentally pointing out the differences, if not telling the person I'm watching it with. So it's hard, but it's a good film for what it for what it's time and for what it was. It's a really good film. Well, I've I read the book years ago, 
In fact, I think I read it a couple of times and I like King, obviously. Um, but I can separate it because I knew that what Kubrick wanted to do with it was quite a different vision than what Stephen King intended. And, uh, but I'm okay with that because it's Kubrick. Um, but you talk about the Overlook Hotel being a, uh, a character of its own because it kind of, you know, it, ta it takes over Jack's mind. And you're right about that. And I'd like to think or hope that the house in Night of the Caregiver is a character in and of itself. Yes. And I think that's something that's uh, really cool to see in a film in general, but specifically in a horror film, like the Amity house. It's, it's its own character in the film. And it's like, it's scary and nefarious and evil character sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, you should have credited the building in the credits because it's such a, it's such a part of it. And mm -hmm. I like the overlook, even though it, spoiler alert from 50 years ago, no, no, 30 years ago, it, it, even though it burns down, it still pops up. If, you know, if you read any other uh, King stories, it'll pop up. And then even sequels like Dr. Sleep, things like that. Yeah. And what, what I liked about night of the caregiver and this doesn't give anything away, but the ending itself, first of all, that cruising through the house with all those creepy, mm -hmm. creepy things, it sets it up for a sequel very nicely. Even if it's, as you said, the house is, you know, the impetus of the story. It's, it could be, you know, two new people. It could be a young married couple move in, you know, it's, it's, you know, mm -hmm. anywhere. I mean, it was, it was written as, you know, just a one-off, but um, um, who knows? Right, and that's not to say that the film doesn't wrap itself up. It doesn't have, because I hate that sometimes where the ending is ambiguous, but then there's times I love it, so I'm you know conflicted. But it's not to say that you're at the end of Night of the Caregiver going, what? What happened? No, it's, it wraps up the story, but it does, It I don't know, that was just so clever for the on the writer's behalf, I suppose that he left it ambiguous enough to where you're like, I hope they make another one or I'm okay if they don't make another one. That's great. I, I wanted the, the look of the film, which, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to do a Western because Westerns re rely on the composition. And I always film in like, I always, my films are always really widescreen. They're old school, widescreen, two, three, five to one, two, four, zero to one, if I could get away with it. Okay. But uh, this one, I did a smaller aspect because I wanted sort of a claustrophobic feel mm -hmm. to it. And I, I can't say enough about the, the, the design and the art direction, which was a gentleman named Dean Carr, and he uh, he really decorated the hell out of that place. And I remember when I first went to that house, and it was not decor; it was just all of the owner's personal stuff. And it there was this vibe about it already. And then you know, a week or two later, when we had secured the location, we were getting ready to go in there. I went there like the day before to watch all the setup and <laughs> all these creepy little things like I, I've mentioned this before in other interviews. There's a great scene 
when Nurse Juliet, Natalie Denise Spiral, arrives. And she's given cookies by Lillian, who's this kindly lady, you know, and she's, oh, you're so pretty. And they have this little conversation at the table and they're drinking their tea and she's eating cookies. And But if you look in the back drop of that scene, there are things there that if you really, if you push it, pause and you go, wait a minute, what? That's not right. There's something that's not right about that stuff in there. And, and I really hoped to achieve that because again, you know, with Westerns, it's important, the composition and the, the visual and the saturation of the colors and the light and the shade. But with horror, it's even more so because you really have to get it right. And you have to get um, the darks, the lights. <laughs> and I and I have a great cinematographer, Sam Wilkerson. We've done uh, four films together. And I, we will continue to work together and I, as long as he'll have me. And uh, he was great because he's, he's worked in horror before. And all I have to do with Sam is just, you know, I look at the situation and I go, okay, this is what we need. And I just, just, he, whatever I tell him, he goes, okay, I got it. And I don't have to explain anything. And then all of a sudden, when I see the footage, it's like exactly as I had hoped and dreamed yeah no i wanted to to go back to what you were saying about the lighting mm -hmm. that's something that's really clever and it's done in this film is when as a viewer you're like is, does that shadow look does that shadow look suspect <laughs> you know it's like no it's just a shadow it's okay but i'm a massive fan of like hidden things or easter eggs and what you're talking about with that scene with the cookies and the tea it's like foreboding i guess it's like very an uneasy feeling because you're like i know this is supposed to be sweet but i'm freaked out and that's like you said with the lighting and the effects it's perfect perfect, perfect. I, thank you very much i appreciate that um i i wanted the whole thing from beginning to end even when everything is resolved to the degree that it is resolved at the mm -hmm. end i wanted it to be as uncomfortable for the audience as possible. Um, succeeded. You, know, <laughs> you succeeded. Yeah. Hitchcock say something like that, make the audience suffer as much as possible. And I, you know, even the, the early scene that kind of sets everything in motion where I'm with Eric Roberts, I wanted this kind of disconnect and this distrust between the two. Now they eventually sort of bond to a certain degree. Um, and I, I think that Eric's character kind of takes a personal interest in my character uh, for safety reasons. And But I wanted that kind of unnerving, unsettled quality to it, you know. I think it's just a nod to your type of filmmaking that even, like you said, with a Western, it has to be wide. It has to be those muted sandy colors and to, to challenge yourself to do something so vastly different. It's just all the congratulations. People can watch it now on demand. Um, and then again, in September, they can watch it a little broader um, mm -hmm. options, but they can follow you on Facebook. You said to Facebook, uh, Joe Cornett 
and that's C-O-R-N-E-T. On Instagram, I'm at San Rafael Productions, which is my production company name. And that's S-A-N-R-A-F-A-E-L Productions all jammed together. And both those sites, um, I, I kind of pay more attention to the Facebook <laughs> than I do to the uh, to the IG. But both of them have information about, you know, what's coming up, what's coming out, what are we doing next? And you could find me all over YouTube doing stuff like this. So I, I'm easy to track down. Yeah, they, they can find you. Don't have to be a detective to do it. <laughs> thank you for joining me. I'm, I look forward to seeing what else comes out. Well, thank you for watching. I appreciate it. And thank you for the kind words. And thank you for your support and your support of independent film, because it's important to me. And uh, today, the world is such an odd place and i really believe in positivity and pushing yourself and and making positive choices and and i hope people see this and i hope they have fun even though this film is filled with dread and terror and but i hope i hope they enjoy the dread and the terror you know and and have fun with it and uh yeah and perhaps get decorating ideas for the house you know <laughs> <laughs> yes yes Mm-hmm. Maybe to- maybe I'll list uh, Lillian's uh, recipe for making the cookies. Uh, oh my god, that would be an amazing like little tidbit, mm-hmm. Ooh, or a little video where Eileen is is making cookies. Lillian, she but will be very happy to do that. I'm sure. Thousand percent. Well, thank you, Joe, so much for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you. Uh, uh, uh.